Hey folks, in this week's episode we're doing something a bit unique. We're diving into a handful of frightening sleep-related tales involving out-of-body experiences, shadow people, sleep paralysis, and more. All meant to leave you wondering, was it all really just a dream? Enjoy the show. Forget facts, forget logic, forget everything that seems real. This happened around two years ago. I was staying at my childhood home with my parents after coming home from university for the summer. I went to the kitchen to get a drink of water when I noticed some fire trucks and an ambulance at my neighbor Tom's house. Tom and his wife had lived in this house for my entire life. He was friendly with our family, and when my sister and I were kids, He would even bring us back souvenirs from when he visited Japan. I had always liked Tom, and he felt almost like a bonus grandpa to me. When I saw the ambulance and fire trucks outside their house, my heart dropped. I got my mom, and we went outside to see what was going on. It turned out my neighbor Tom had had a heart attack and didn't make it. I immediately felt this immense sense of regret that I had not taken the time to have a conversation with Tom in a few years. The most I had interacted with him was an occasional wave as I drove past. This regret and uneasy feeling hung over me for several days afterwards. One night after Tom had passed, I had a dream that I was standing in my driveway and I saw Tom walking down his driveway towards their front door. He looked over, saw me standing there, and smiled and waved at me before going into his house. I immediately started crying, so much so that I actually woke myself up. When I got up the next morning, I felt like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders, and I decided to tell my mom about the dream. I told her that it felt as though I had gotten the chance to say goodbye to him and that I knew he was okay. She then proceeded to tell me that the day before she had seen Tom's wife bringing an urn into the house, presumably containing Tom's ashes. I don't know if my dream was a coincidence or not, but it definitely feels like he visited me to say goodbye and put me at ease. For what it's worth, I've experienced death many times from a young age, and I believe a few of my relatives have visited me in my dreams. My paternal grandfather passed away when I was ten, and I have seen him several times in my dreams since then. This may just be my brain's unconscious way of coping with grief, but it certainly doesn't feel that way to me. Sometimes you just know when a dream is more than just a dream.
have never experienced sleep paralysis before. Until this one night. I'm 30, female, and have been afraid of the dark since I was a child. To this day, I cannot sleep without some sort of nightlight on. At the time of the story, I had been working the overnight shift in retail with my boyfriend for about two years. Our work nights went like this. We worked from 10 p.m. to 7 a.m., went home, relaxed, and ate some food. About two hours later, we went to sleep. Since we didn't want to end up sleeping all day, we would try and wake up between 3 and 5 p.m. We went to the gym or worked out from home, hung out, cut up on our favorite TV shows, and ate again. Then around 7 p.m., we usually took a nap to wake up at 9 p.m. to get ready for work. On the night of my experience, I was taking my pre-work nap. I get really bad anxiety and always worry about being late for work, so I have a lot of dreams and they consist of being late to work or close to being late, rushing around and panicking to get ready. This happens nearly every night, so on this night when it did happen, it felt normal. Except when I went to open my eyes, I realized that I was laying on my back, which I hardly ever do because it just feels uncomfortable to me, and I can never fall asleep when I'm laying on my back unless I was absolutely exhausted to the point where my body would just shut down. As I was laying there, I tried to reach from my phone to check the time, but I was paralyzed. I couldn't move. I couldn't lift my arm and roll over to check my phone. My eyes felt heavy, like I was trying to open them, but they kept shutting. So my eyelids were quickly flickering. Then I noticed a tall shadow, human-like figure at my closed bedroom door. It looked like a man in a top hat, but it definitely wasn't a man. It had a man-like build, but I didn't even see a face, even with the little help of the light coming from my rock-salt nightlight. The height of this figure touched the ceiling of my bedroom. Within seconds of me noticing this figure, it was standing right over me. The next thing I knew, I was gasping for breath. I couldn't breathe. This figure had what looked like a large disc or plate-like object and was holding it against my throat, blocking off my airway. I started panicking and tried hard to wiggle back and forth and move, but I just couldn't. I was still paralyzed. I didn't know what to do until I remembered that my boyfriend was lying next to me. Unfortunately, he's quite a heavy sleeper. I tried to muster up all my strength to try and yell and scream his name. But what left my mouth were just soft whimpers. I felt my eyes start to water. Finally, I felt my body being jolted. Now I believe I actually opened my eyes and I took deep, quick, heavy breaths as I was able to finally breathe again. My boyfriend was shaking me to wake up. I glanced around my bedroom. The tall shadow figure was gone. I looked over at my boyfriend. You okay? He asked in a sleepy voice. I looked at him and all I could do was nod my head. I didn't say anything. I couldn't even speak. I was terrified out of my fucking mind. I thought to myself, 
What the fuck? My boyfriend rolled over on his side, facing away from me and fell back asleep immediately. I broke into tears and started sobbing so hard. I had to try and keep myself from making audible sounds so as not to wake my boyfriend again. Now that I could finally move, I checked my phone to see what time it was. It was around 8.30. We were not late for work. I don't have to be up until 9. But I refused to close my eyes and go back to sleep. I was so confused and afraid I couldn't stop shaking. What the fuck had happened to me? What the fuck was that? Did I just have a really bad nightmare? Was I hallucinating? I thought to myself. I laid in bed wide awake, staring at my bedroom walls and ceiling until it was time to get ready for work. I didn't say anything to my boyfriend until we got back to work. He was just as confused as me. We thought there was a demon or ghost in our apartment, but he had never experienced anything like this before. A few weeks later, I told my family. They were as confused as well. My mom, who's an old school, 70-something-year-old Asian woman, tells me to keep a knife under my pillow. She's very superstitious. She believes heavily about what does and doesn't attract bad juju in our life and home. In our country, Vietnam, they believe that if you experience a ghost or demon in your house, you should put a knife under your pillow to ward them off. Well, I listened to my mom and I put a pocket knife under my pillow before I went to bed every day. Even though I was afraid to go to sleep for months, I didn't see that tall shadow figure again. I couldn't stop thinking about what happened that night. At one point, my family and I figured maybe it was just an anxiety attack because the thought of waking up late for work gives me so much anxiety. So for a while, that's what I chalked it up to. Until one day I came across an article online about sleep paralysis. A common cause of sleep paralysis is usually stress from being sleep-deprived. I remembered the days before that night. I had not been able to get good sleep on any of those days, and I brought so much work, stress, home with me. Let's be honest, though. If you've ever worked overnight, you know how it feels. No matter how much sleep you get, it still doesn't feel like enough. Another common thing with people who experience sleep paralysis is that they would see a tall, man-like figure wearing a suit and top hat. My nightlight helped me enough to see a top hat, but not a suit. Either way, I connected the dots and figured out that I had experienced sleep paralysis myself. That was the first time I ever had sleep paralysis, and that thing that I saw was trying to kill me. After this, I had it happen to me a few more times, but I never saw anything again. I never felt like my life was in danger during those other times. I would just be unable to move while fighting to open my eyes. It got to the point where I knew how to calmly snap out of it and wake myself up. Thankfully, it stopped happening. It's been years now and I haven't had sleep paralysis since, but I can honestly say that was hands down the scariest thing I've ever experienced. A couple years ago, I was going through a real stressful moment of my life, so I used to have frequent nightmares, but at some point, 
they evolved into something else. I started to wake up due to the sound of voices calling me softly like, wake up honey, really close to my ears. And other times they were full-blown screams which always terrified me. But the last experience haunts me to this day. It was a Saturday morning. I was in bed a bit later than usual when I woke up with my head on the other side of the bed like I had turned 180 degrees during the night. I was facing the wall with my back facing the door. I couldn't move and I felt a presence. It sat down on my bed. I could feel it leaning towards me, very close to my face. Then I started to feel my body being pushed against the bed, but not by the creature. It felt more like shock waves coming from the ceiling. At that point, I started to cry. Then I felt a breath on my neck and heard a voice say, Don't move, and I'll go away. Moments later, everything was over. I stayed there, frozen in that position for a bit longer, afraid of turning around, out of fear that I might see something. When I finally got the courage to move, I ran out of the house in my pajamas and spent the rest of the morning at a friend's house nearby. This was not a dream. I was awake. I had experiences with sleep paralysis before, and this was not like that. I have never experienced such fear in my life. This story was shortly after I moved to Orlando for college from Tampa. To set the scene, this took place at my first apartment, a 333-foot-square dorm-style apartment that I was supposed to share with the roommate. However, at the time, I didn't have a roommate, meaning there were two beds set up in the room, one bed near the door and the other on the opposite side of the bathroom wall, which was usually mine. For some reason beyond explanation, when I had the room to myself without a roommate, I would switch between the beds to sleep. This particular night, I was sleeping on the other bed, not mine, by the front door. It was against the wall, and I was sleeping facing the wall, on my right side. I woke up in a daze, unable to move. This wasn't my first time dealing with sleep paralysis, but it was one of the first, so I wasn't completely freaked out because of it. I was, however, freaking out because I could feel someone else in the room. There definitely shouldn't have been anyone else there with me. Now, with sleep paralysis, I usually can't move a single muscle. However, this night, the only thing I was able to move was my head, slowly turning to inspect my room. My eyes widened as I saw a man standing over six feet tall, dressed as I can only describe as Thackeray Binks from the movie Hocus Pocus. For anyone unfamiliar, how dare you, he had a long, linen, puffy-sleeved shirt with frilly cuffing at the wrists. It was open like a v-neck with loose strings woven between the v. 
He had long hair, but he was looking over his shoulder towards my bed, the one by the bathroom, so I didn't see his face. To top it all off, he was nearly transparent, an opaque kind of baby blue that was very dimly glowing. As I watched him, his head began to slowly turn in my direction. Thankful this sleep paralysis allowed me to move my head, I noped out, turning my head back to face the wall. I stayed as still as I could, as if I were still sleeping, hoping that my loud heartbeat wouldn't give me away. I suddenly felt a sharp cold glide against my midsection, parallel to where he was standing. I made a slow look to see if he was still there. But he was gone. It felt like he had walked through me. I don't know how the hell I fell back asleep so quickly, but I think I just convinced myself it was a dream. I never saw him again, and you can sure as hell bet I only slept on my own bed from then on. Now I do have another story. Still in Orlando, I was living in a rental house off of a small road. The neighborhood was only one street long, with about ten houses total along the road. I was at the bend, tucked neatly in the corner, with a long driveway to reach the house. I had one roommate back then, but she was away to visit family. I was in my room sleeping when I suddenly awoke, again unable to move a muscle. I could hear the clashing of metal, long drawn-out masculine groans. Somehow, I wasn't afraid and wanted to check out what was happening outside my door. The bedroom door would lead you straight into the living room. I knew I wouldn't be able to physically move, so I left my body, astral projecting myself, looking back at it as I floated above it, seeing if my body was still lying there. It was, and I didn't waste another moment and flew through the bedroom door into a legitimate battle scene. The warriors were skeletons swinging swords while their torn clothing, about Civil War era style, hung loosely from their bones. I dodged a couple as they fought, slowly realizing they couldn't see me. I floated around the scene observing their skill. Some barred bayonets, charging their enemies. Others danced as they fought with their hands through walls as if they just weren't there. As thrilled as I was to see all of that, I realized that they may discover my body laying defenseless in my room. So I safely floated back to it. I awoke, able to move, and dashed out of my room. The scene was gone aside from a scrap of old, worn-out clothing laying on the floor. Why wasn't I afraid? I have no idea. But it was an incredible thing to witness. Okay, final story. Still in Orlando. Here's a little bit of backstory. In ninth grade, I had a friend named Thomas. I changed his name to protect the family. Thomas was one of those guys who put himself last, always willing to help out a friend. He helped me through particularly hard times in high school when I felt like I couldn't turn to anyone else. I'm forever grateful to him. About junior year, 
Thomas had begun dating a girl that was known to be a little bit of a manipulative person. I warned him about her, asking him to please reconsider seeing her, but he refused. He was no longer allowed to be my friend because I was a quote-unquote threat to their relationship. Her words. This was because we were so close. He was only allowed to be friends with her friends. She even tried to talk him out of a full scholarship to college because she wanted him to attend the university that she was going to. That was the only time she didn't get her way. Because of her, I lost contact with him after school. I didn't hear from him until November of 2018, eight years after graduating. Then I got a message from him on Facebook saying how sorry he was for treating me the way that he did back then, ignoring me, all because of her. He told me that he had broken up with her. Not why, it was a long story, he said, and that he was now doing well. I wished him a happy birthday every year via Facebook Messenger despite the estrangement. He thanked me for it. The last time I messaged him to wish him happy birthday was January 2019. I regret not keeping in better touch with him after that. In November 2019, a friend from high school messaged me to see if I had heard about him. He passed away in his sleep in early November. His family is keeping how he died to themselves, and I respect that. His aunt had taken me under her wing at his funeral, saying I was an honorary niece for the day and I still keep in touch with her. At his funeral, I learned from his stepsister that he had broken up with his girlfriend because she was abusing him. She tried to kill him multiple times. Despite their broken relationship, he was still trying to help her with her mental health, even though she had put him through so much trauma. It's just the kind of guy he was. Now fast forward to November 2021. Sorry for the long backstory, but I felt I needed to show how much of an amazing person he really was. I now live with my boyfriend of five years in my apartment. It was around the time of Thomas's passing, and though I think about him every day, I felt I needed to message him on Facebook once again. I do this when I want to talk to him and secretly hope one day it'll show that he's read them somehow. I messaged him how I was doing, catching him up on my life. I asked him to show me a sign that he was still there, keeping an eye on me if he had the time. I went to bed shortly afterwards. I had just fallen asleep and was still in the in-between phase. I couldn't move, so I suspected sleep paralysis again. I felt as if someone were cuddling me from behind, being sort of the big spoon. My boyfriend's desk is positioned at the end of the bed, and I could see him playing video games on his computer. So I knew it wasn't him. My immediate thought was that this was Thomas. I couldn't speak, so I thought out as loudly as I could, Thomas, if this is you, run your hand along the back side of my arm, where I could already feel a slight pressure. After a few moments, I felt it, a soft stroke along my arm, in a weird vibrational way. I immediately felt tears rolling down my face, though I couldn't move to wipe them away. I felt a small brush against my cheek, just like he had the day that he helped me through my difficult situation back in high school. I mentally asked him to stay as long as he could, asking if he had gotten my messages. There was a huge surge of the word yes, but no actual words, just a vibe, if that makes sense. 
and a feeling of gratefulness. The embrace felt warmer after that, and I soon fell asleep in his arms. If you're wondering, yes, I did tell my boyfriend about this, and he isn't jealous. He knows how much Thomas meant to me. This is my favorite experience. Whether it was sleep paralysis or an encounter with an old friend, or a mix of the two, I don't know. But I do cherish this moment, and I hope for more in the future. It was December of 2016, and we had just put up our Christmas tree. I'd like to just add a small snippet of backstory and explain that growing up, I always slept by the Christmas tree because I loved the look of twinkling lights in the dark, and it always brought me a lot of warmth and comfort. So sometimes, even though I am now 40 and have kids of my own, I still like to snuggle up on the couch next to the Christmas tree and fall asleep. I suppose it helps me forget the stress of the season and helps me remember some of that Christmas magic I experienced as a kid. Also for context, we placed the Christmas tree right in front of our big picture window and the couch was perpendicular to it, just off to the side. The back of the couch faces the front door and the hallway down to the bedrooms goes off backwards from there. This night, I snuggled down and drifted off to sleep, facing the lights of the tree. I don't know how long I'd been asleep, but I woke up feeling little hands and arms wrapping around me from behind. This did not alarm me at all because my kids were small and it was very common for them to come and find me in the middle of the night and snuggle up next to me. For a moment, I kind of responded with my own snuggling back, before coming to the realization that my back was pressed fully up against the cushions of the couch, and there was no way one of my kids was behind me. I could still feel the arms, and then I realized I couldn't move. I tried to scream. In my head, I was screaming for my husband, and I mean screaming for him, but I knew there wasn't any noise actually coming out of my mouth. I started trying to wrench myself off of the couch to get away, and it was like dragging myself through mud, like I was being held there. Eventually, I threw myself to the ground in front of the tree, all while screaming for my husband. It was the most terrifying thing I'd ever experienced. Just as I got to the floor and looked back at the couch where I'd been held down, I woke up. I was still laying on the couch in the same position in which I'd fallen asleep, facing the tree. Everyone was asleep. My chest had the heaviest, white-hot feeling of sheer dread I've ever felt. When I sat up, I could hear what sounded like someone walking down the hall in socks, if that makes sense. I got up and looked down the hall to see nothing, no one. I had dreamed it all, or had I? Fast forward a few years, and I start getting those white-hot feelings of dread in my chest, and I know to wake myself up, but there have been a few nights where I haven't held on to reality fast enough, and I've slipped into a dread-filled dream trap, so to speak. 
I don't necessarily think it's sleep paralysis in the traditional sense like most people experience. I've never seen demons or anything like that. I just know that when I feel that all-too-familiar sense of dread, I need to grab my husband's arm or something very real and tangible, or else I get trapped again. The last time it happened, I was trapped in dream after dream, thinking I was finally waking up and grabbing my husband or screaming, only to realize I was still dreaming. When I finally ripped myself from the trap and yelled out, I could hardly keep myself from falling back to sleep, as if something were forcing me to sleep. I believe this was the night my husband finally admitted to me that he thinks he saw something at the end of the bed when I finally woke up. He didn't go into it any further, and I think he doesn't want to scare me. In a weird way, I'm glad I was able to associate the white-hot dread with these experiences, and sometimes it's better for me to just stay awake rather than get dream-trapped again. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Odd Trails. This week, you have heard I Saw My Neighbor in a Dream by Megan. Sleep Paralysis Demon That Tried to Kill Me by Tao. I'm Not Sure It Was a Dream by Paula. Sleep Paralysis Experiences by Ashley. And finally, My Dream Stories by Liz. So we get a lot of emails uh, with stories about dreams and sleep paralysis and things of that nature. We recently got one from a listener that gave us some tips on how to deal with the phenomena sleep paralysis. Brandon, would you like to take the honors? Absolutely. This email comes from David. He says, I don't have a singular story. I get sleep paralysis often and it manifests in two different ways. You have a large audience and I can only hope my experience can somehow help somebody overcome theirs. Anyway, my two manifestations of sleep paralysis are a twisted form of lucid dreaming where I know I'm dreaming but I'm paralyzed from acting. Second, I wake up and I try to move only to realize that I can't. I call for help only to feel my mouth contort into what I find out to be a silent scream. When I wake up the following morning, I ask my fiancé if she heard me calling for help, and she says no. Either way, it's terrifying to experience. He goes on and says, For anyone who experiences this, here's my best advice. Stop struggling, relax, and go back to sleep, as counterintuitive as that sounds. Sleep paralysis is like quicksand, where the harder you struggle, the worse it gets. Hopefully this is helpful for anyone who experiences it, I can't prevent my episodes, but I can navigate them well enough to minimize the impact. I was immediately taken aback when I read the line. Um, basically, his mouth was contorting. That's weird for me because the only time I've had like sleep paralysis as an adult, it was probably a year ago, was when I woke up, couldn't move, all the typical sleep paralysis uh, attributes. I could move my eyes around. 
and I felt this presence on top of me. I, I don't know. I didn't. I don't know what it looked like because I couldn't really see it, but it was dark. It was just kind of blurry. Um, just your typical shadow person, but a little bit more distorted. And the scariest thing was when I tried to scream and tried to open my mouth. I felt what felt like a finger pushing against my mouth, like shushing me. Whoa. But it was pushing really hard to the point that it hurt, like it physically hurt. And I woke up with mouth pain afterwards when I finally snapped out of it. Oh, shit. It was really scary. I actually emailed our friend Sapphire from mm-hmm. Podcast Stories of Sapphire to ask her about it because she does have a lot of experience with these types of things. And she said it's probably because we had been talking about meditation and I had been meditating a lot. And really that opens you up to different vibrations mm-hmm. and different realms and things. And it very well could be that I was just simply in tune or on the same some type of spiritual level as this being or whatever I invited it in or something like that but it didn't come back it didn't happen again Um, there's a lot of talk about how sleep paralysis is just a totally natural thing and it's just hallucinatory like you're just hallucinating basically what gets me with that is why are all these hallucinations manifested as these dark figures why aren't we seeing like like model trains running around our floors you know exactly i'm so scared of model trains i'm so upset that you brought that up yeah uh yeah exactly everybody's seeing the same exact thing it's kind of like the ufo phenomenon we're all seeing ufos that look similar and do the same things Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it's just uh ufo people are crazy until the last couple of years when the government's like oh no you're not crazy they're real yeah yeah don't worry about it it's natural shadow people but that's a good tip relax just stop struggling and maybe maybe it'll get better it seems to work for david thank you for writing in and sharing that story i'm gonna try that next time if it happens god forbid should it happen to me i will keep that in mind thank you so much david yeah and thanks for listening everybody hope you enjoyed the show uh, we'll see you all next week for a brand new episode of odd trails stay safe peace out